This is Halftime Adjustments on WPXI Now. And welcome into Halftime Adjustments. I'm Jenna Harner, joined by the one and only Chris Carter, our NFL draft guru, as we like to call him. And it's very fitting that we are chatting because it is the eve of the NFL draft, the 2021 draft. It feels like Christmas Eve for a lot of people. Chris, I don't know about you. I am very excited for what Thursday's draft will bring, but a lot of people have questions about what the Steelers are going to do with that 24th pick overall. We talked about it a lot, but we got to take one final look. What realistically do you see the Steelers doing and what's going to be their biggest path to success in the draft? So the thing is about the draft is that you got to still, the Steelers have, have their own board of players that they value that no matter what we say here in the media, Jenna, there's guys who they think are better than what we're giving them credit for. And that's what I remind people of every year is that, listen, I'm a writer. I study these guys. I watch tape on these guys, but I don't have the access that these coaches do who got, who can send scouts all across the country during the college football season. And as the year gets on, they learn more about these guys. And then they have unlimited zooms with these guys. You know, they've done over a hundred zooms with different college players. That's where they're, they're going to be building their information from. So I remind everyone that if you're locked in on a pick, whether it's Najee Harris or Tevin Jenkins or Caleb Farley or Landon Dickerson, just remember that there are way too many prospects every year to make, to know where every single team is going. And you also don't know what other teams are doing because there's tons of teams out there who, you know, you think like, okay, the Patriots, they need a quarterback. What if they go and get a cornerback? What does that do to the rest of the market? And then with the infinite amount of trade possibilities that, that exist out there, there are way too many things that could get in the way of what you're playing. What, what the Steelers are going to do, they need to, They have their big board. They have the value, the guys who they value high. They're going to stick to that. And when it, when the pick falls to them, they're going to they're going to pick the guys at the top of the big board who's available. Now, who's on that big board? That's the magic question, Jenna. I still say, I did my own big board for DKPittsburghSports.com this week. And I did my top 24 guys that I rank as fits for the Steelers for what they need and guys they can't pass up. My order was this. I had, you know, the quarterbacks going first. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields are my top two. You got Penny Sewell at tackle, Zach Wilson at quarterback, Micah Parsons at, at linebacker from Penn State, Rashawn Slater at tackle, Kyle Pitts at tight end, Patrick Sertan at cornerback. I still consider Christian Darasaw as one of those guys, J.C. Horn, another cornerback, Trey Lance and Caleb Farley. But after those 12 guys, Jenna, that's when the running backs start for me. Najee Harris, Travis Etienne. If those 12 guys are off the board, and even if Caleb Farley is, isn't off the board, those are the guys that I say, okay, just pull out all the stops. The running back has to be the position. Now, if the running back goes, that's when you got to start to wonder, okay, is, is Travis Etienne available? How much do you value him against a linebacker like Owusu Koromo or Zayvon, Zayvon Collins? Um, do you wait on running back for Javante Williams? Those are the plan that that those are the things. But I really think the first round pick rests on a superstar running back, an off ball linebacker, or an offensive tackle, and at and, and a slim chance of getting one of those top three cornerbacks. And it's just it is always so fascinating ahead of the draft. I mean, everybody does their mock drafts, everybody does their picks, their yes, big yeah. boards, everything that, you know, you get it all. But then there's so many shakeups, there's so many unknown variables that I think a lot of people instinctually forget like there could be a trade in the first few picks there could be yeah. a, a complete outsider I keep I always go back to when the Giants picked Daniel Jones as high as they did it <laughs> was that sixth overall and everyone yeah. was like 
oh my God, that shakes out everything. And the teams behind were like, we didn't even think we were going to be able to get the guys that fell after him. So it really is such a domino effect that I think, you know, it's so much fun. I think obviously, you know, it's our job to analyze. It's our job to look really in depth at these picks, but we also have to remember, I mean, this is fun. And this is also something the Steelers are very good at doing at least in recent history. And it's kind of one of their pedigrees that they seem to carry with them is that Kevin Colbert is very good at drafting players, especially, Hey, as we always hear about wide receivers. And not just, not just players, but players without ever having the top pick. The Steelers haven't naturally picked inside the top 10 without trading up. They, they did pick the top 10 when Devin Bush got, but they traded up to get him. They haven't picked in the top 10 in, in with, with Mike Tomlin at, at coach. I don't think they picked in the top 10, Jenna, since like the, or like maybe 2000. You know, I, I go back through my memory bank and I'm thinking like, you know, maybe 99, uh, you know, maybe 2000 with, I think Plexigal Burts. Yeah. 2000 with, with the eighth overall pick. That was the, that was the one, but Every year, they're going in the back end of the first-round pick, and most times, they come away with a T.J. Watt. They come away with a Bud Dupree, a Ryan Shazier, uh, you know, uh, you know, a David DeCastro. Yes, your occasional misses, but that just shows this room knows what they're doing. They, they, this organization knows the players they value, and you trust their system. I get if you don't trust a team like the Raiders, who pick Cleveland Farrell fourth overall. You know, there's there's things like that, or or like the Giants when they took Daniel Jones, uh, you know, in, at that high, and you're like, what are you doing here? But when you're a team that has the track record of success, even if you're a writer like myself, if you disagree with their pick, you think, you know what, let's 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 give them some credence because they know things we don't. A, a, a perfect memory was in 2014. Everyone swore up and down the Steelers needed a cornerback. The cornerback that was a perfect fit for the first round where they picked that year was Darquez Denard, and he was out of Michigan State, and it looked like he'd be a great fit, and everyone was talking about him. And then he fell to the Steelers, and they went with Ryan Chazier. And at the time, Steelers fans were, oh, how could we get another linebacker? We needed a cornerback. And lo and behold, Ryan Chazier was a transcendent linebacker, and Darquez Denard, not so much. So they, they know more than we do. So when they pick something, if you disagree with it, I understand being frustrated. But just be patient, step back and say, okay, what was what am I missing here? Let's ask the question and give them that time to figure things out because they often do get these picks right. And Chris, I feel like you and I have talked about this a couple times, but I will never forget before being here in Pittsburgh, I was in Buffalo and I got to Buffalo right before the 2018 draft. And there was a whole lot of hullabaloo when from Bills fans when the Bills drafted Josh Allen mm -hmm. over Josh Rosen. That is something I will never forget. And everybody <laughs> was just so thrilled. So, you know, this really could go a lot of different ways. Obviously, it does seem to be trending in that sense of a running back or um, a guy on the offensive line, but it is going to be very intriguing to see what is coming up next. And speaking of what's coming up next for us, stick with us. we got a whole lot ahead here on Halftime Adjustments. And welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. I'm Jenna Harner, joined by, of course, the one and only Chris Carter, who not only is our NFL draft guru, as we lovingly like to call him, but he is a very, very insightful pit uh, analysis or analyst, excuse me. And You're he good. provides analysis on pit, but he's a pit analyst. There we go. I'll get it. It's a Wednesday. We're doing it. Um, but Chris, you cover this pit team in and out. You know, a lot of these guys up to nine players from the Panthers could be drafted in this draft. 
Is Pitt really kind of doing enough to capitalize on their NFL success in building this program? I did see a really awesome tweet from the program earlier today that was highlighting all the big name guys that have, you know, come out of this program. But are they really doing enough, especially with what they have in this year's draft class? I mean, as a as a as a perspective of of you see the big names that come from this program, you'd think that by now they've found a way to compete and get to a college football playoff, be in contention, maybe win an ACC title at some point. It hasn't happened yet, and so I, I, my my broad answer is no. But I want to remind people how spaced out a lot of that success is. Like people, when you watch that, I know which highlight you're talking about because I retweeted it. But when you see Darrell Revis in the early 2000s, early 90s, when he's when he's balling out, you're like, that's Darrell Revis. That's a Hall of Fame cornerback. And then you see Aaron Don, you're like, that's the best defensive player in the league. You have to remember those guys were like 10 years apart, and those you know, yes, they do hit on several key talents. And I, I tell people all the time, if Pitt assembled, if, if we all went to heaven and we want to see the all-time college teams play and Pitt assembled an all-time team, they could knock with the Alabamas because you think about Dan Marino, Larry Fitzgerald, Tony Dorsett, Curtis Martin, Darrell Rivas, Aaron Donald, Hugh Green, Ricky Jackson. You can go, and, I, and I'm just naming the huge names, not just the guys who were really great players for the team that didn't work out as NFL superstars. They're, Pitt has that history. And they haven't put it together. But I do think something could happen in the next couple of years with what Pat Narduzzi is putting together. Because when I talked to MJ Devonshire, a guy who's from the area, from Aliquippa, went to Kentucky, and now is transferred back to Pitt. He said one thing that spoke to him was when he saw, man, when I saw DeMar Hamlin, and when I saw Paris Ford, two other Western Pennsylvania guys who went to Pitt and are now about to get drafted, I was like, that, that was inspirational. And so – that this class that could have as low as six and as many as nine guys drafted in this class, that could be something where a lot more local prospects that sometimes go to Ohio State or Penn State or, or LSU or Georgia or, you know, other places or Florida, those recruits might say, you know what, not only can I can I win at Pitt, but I can get to the NFL for Pitt. And if I can get to the NFL, for Pitt, that's what I really care about, because, yeah, you want to compete in college. But if I know those guys are getting drafted and they're getting drafted at places that I like, you know what? Why not take that shot? So have they done it? Have they won enough yet? No. But this, to me, is the boost that Pat Narduzzi needs to capitalize on in the recruiting field. Now, ESPN rated uh, Pitt to have one of the top five recruiting classes of the 2021 uh, offseason. So congratulations to them for that. But they need to capitalize on it. If in the next few years you don't see Pitt in, AC in an ACC title game or something like that, that's when, Jenna, I start to say, ah, something's not right here. Yeah, and I mean, just especially with you talking about kind of the Western Pennsylvania connection, we know how – Oh, how much of a wealth of talent there is in the high school football game just here in the Pittsburgh area and surround, you know, in the Whippeal itself. So seeing kind of this extend and seeing a lot of these homegrown players want to play for their team, for their city, and then just kind of grow from there. I mean, it is a really, really awesome process to kind of see just the matriculation in that sense where all these, you know, kids that, you know, grew up idolizing these players and grew up, you know, wishing they could play at Heinz Field and see all of that. Now it's like, oh, you know, you get to do that every weekend. And that eventually, potentially, you know, you might get to do it every Sunday, potentially even for your hometown Pittsburgh Steelers. So it definitely does seem like there's just such a wealth of talent here. Um, and it does really seem awesome. I think, like you said, this draft class is really going to define a lot of things um, what do you, I'll kind of go on a little bit of a tangent with this, but what do you see 
from this draft class from Pitt in particular, kind of who are the players? I know we've kind of talked about it a little bit at length, but who do you really see kind of going off the boards and some of the names, people that may not be as, you know, in depth into the knowledge here, um, you know, who should they kind of keep an eye on? What's crazy, Jenna, is that if you had asked that question about this time last year, it would have been a whole different set of names. First of all, Jalen Twyman was projected to be a first-round knockout defensive tackle. He's going top 20, you know, and, and then the Steelers, the Steelers would never have a chance to get him unless they, like, you know, missed the playoffs or some stuff. Um, then Paris Ford was also top 15, top 20 type of guy, the, the first or second safety off your board. Because both have opted out their values have dropped significantly and, and and Paris Ford had a bad pro day. So now a lot of people are projecting him to be a sixth or seventh round pick. Those guys. Now I see as huge steals in the draft. I see, I, I get that Paris Ford ran a horrible 40, but the talent that he shows to play in the slot, to play at safety, to be physical. I still think that fits a lot of what NFL teams need. Jalen Twyman. I mean, if you just look at the man, when he threw up 40 bench press reps and Aaron Donald, who was live on air said, I can't do that. Or I couldn't do that when I was like, that's ridiculous. When Aaron Donald saying, I'm in, like, I'm scared of that guy. That's a sign to you that he's going to be special. And Hey, if he's in the third or fourth round, I wouldn't mark it off this. The Steelers being interested in him because you get a guy like that. I mean, that's a guy I'll, I'll plug in right behind Stefan to and Cam Hayward and maybe be part of the future. Uh, but the thing is, is that because they've opted out, there's other guys whose value I think has crept up Rashad Weaver, I think is the chief among them. You know, coming into this season, people knew about Rashad. We were like, oh, yeah, he, he possesses a lot of potential, but he showed I'm not just potential. I'm the real deal. And I think Rashad Weaver could be the first Pitt Panther off the board as late as the middle of the third round, um, but as early as maybe the middle to later part of the second. He proved himself as a really great edge rusher this year as a, as a consensus All-American along with Patrick Jones, but also on top of that. His pro day, he showed explosiveness. He showed good bend. Teams are going to notice that, and teams are going to notice how smart this guy is. This guy, I believe he was getting his MBA. So uh, you you get those two guys, I, him and Patrick Jones, Paris Ford, DeMar Hamlin, an amazing fit and an amazing story of the local guy. Jimmy Morrissey, I think, is definitely going to get drafted. The wild cards to me, if you can get Jason Pinnock, Bryce Hargrove, um, those are the two guys, and maybe DJ Turner, those guys could make this draft class truly special and historic if they get seven, eight, or nine guys. Very, very exciting to see in the coming hours. Well, coming up, we are switching from the football field to the hockey rink. We're talking some Penguins hockey as the end of the regular season nears the corner. Stick with us on Halftime Adjustments. And welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. I'm Jenna Harner, joined by Chris Carter, and we are switching gears from the draft to hockey as the push for the playoffs. It's crazy to believe the end of the regular season just around the corner here, only a couple games left for the Penguins. There are still some question marks with this team as solid and as well as they have been playing. Chris, I got to know what are those question marks in your mind as they get ready for the playoffs here? Well, just chemistry is why, is why Jenna, because there are games like Sundays where you're just amazed. You're like, whoa. That was the best defense I've seen from this team. You know, when I looked at the shot chart and I saw no one got a shot like around uh, Tristan Jari and the, the goalie crease was protected. And you're like, man, that's so impressive. But then you see, you know, they have rough nights like like they did on Tuesday night, you know, and they and they lose a tough one to Boston. You're like, which team is going to show up? I Again, I think that this is a highly competitive conference this year. Everyone knows, a high credit division, but everyone knew that was going to be the case, that these playoffs, it's going to come down to just who makes the right plays at the right time. And I always, I always 
push people on all sports is that just because a team doesn't go all the way in a season doesn't mean that they weren't good doesn't mean they didn't try doesn't mean doesn't mean someone's wrong just like hey you know what sometimes this other team had it that sometimes it was just their moment and like i think that's what happened tuesday with the bruins like hey that was that was their game Tuka Rask, that dude's when that dude's on fire and we've seen that over the years how many times have the penguins in the playoffs just been like oh god Tuka Rask again uh but that's where that's where I see the, the the problem. If they run into someone else that's hot, it's going to be about what they can come into and will on their own. Now, with Malkin maybe coming back and everyone kind of get what's going to be the flow of this team. They found ways to win when injuries have impacted them. But will that matter when you get to the playoffs? If you got some of these guys back who are working their way back, if you don't get the chemistry right away, that stuff can hurt you, and that can set you behind in in games with with uh, with early deficits to other teams, and then that could set you behind, you know, two zero in a series, and that's a that's a deep hole to dig yourself out of, even if you got home ice coming back your way. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned the chemistry, and that is just something that's so crucial because we've seen this team with all the injuries that they've had. You've seen the guys buy into Mike Sullivan's system, and like you mentioned, Sunday that was kind of the perfect epitome of this team buying into the system that he has implemented. And it was from the top down. It was from all four lines. It was from all of the defensive pairings. You really saw a whole team effort and not saying that that wasn't the case on Tuesday night, but that is how this team really does need to play if they want to have that success. But also, like you said, I mean, it really is going to be getting hot at the right time. It's going to be hot goaltending. Can your goaltender have a very low goals against average can you win games one nothing, two to one? Can yeah. you maintain a late lead? That is really going to be something crucial to see from this team down the stretch here. And then again, with those healthy guys like Malkin, like Freddie Gaudreau coming back into the lineup, you know, most it's crazy to think most of the injuries are they're almost on the right side of all of them. Knock on wood, I'll say that in that way. But um, I mean, this team has not been fully healthy since the first game of the season in Philadelphia, which seems insane to think. So it does, it is going to pose something very interesting to see how many games they really can get with each other to kind of generate that momentum. Because again, this also is going to be a Penguins team that pending the rest of the schedule, pending no possible COVID outbreaks among the team or other teams that they're scheduled to play in these last six games here. If that's the case, the Penguins more likely than not are going to have some time off before the playoffs right. start. Obviously, it seems very beneficial in terms of these guys getting back into the lineup. But Chris, does that kind of do you see that helping them a little bit or potentially hurting them when they get set to start that playoff run? That's what's up, because I do see. I do see this helping them getting the chemistry, getting the guys back and getting that time off. They need to work in practice. And the thing is, is that again, it'd be different if this was a young team, if this was a younger team with a whole bunch of guys on it that weren't sure and hadn't been, been through these trials before. Then I'd be like, I don't know, man, it's, it, it's a lot when you know, the pressure of the playoffs is on and having to figure things out, but you've got Sidney Crosby. You've got Chris Letang. You've got Evgeny Malkin. Heck, I mean, you know, guys like Jake Gensel, they've been around for a little bit now. So these guys, they know what playoff hockey is like. They know what championship hockey is like they know what the pressure is gonna be on and they're like hey we, you know just because we're getting our guy back it doesn't mean that we're gonna be we got to get the energy going we gotta be, we gotta be hustling we gotta be pushing the puck down the other end we gotta keep keep the puck out of our end we gotta be pushing the four check you know i i really like the way brian russ was playing i really like the way gensel has been putting it on you gotta keep keep that going and if those guys believe in that it, during that break there's nothing but good things that can come from that now again you come into that and you may come with an effort i want to i always tell people 
the other teams got professionals too. The Capitals, who just took first place, you know, on you know, on, on Tuesday night, they they're going to have their games. You're going to go up against them, and you're going to be like, man, what's wrong with the Penguins? It's like it's not about what's wrong with them, man. It's this other these other teams are extremely talented, and we Jenna, the whole point of we were unsure if this, the Penguins would make the playoffs this year. Why? Because this division was insanely competitive with all the talent that's on it. So for me. I, I just I think the Penguins are going to bring their A game. I think that they have a shot to win the Stanley Cup, but I just think it's going to be too crazy and too many things could happen that are going to shape how these playoffs work. And I, I just want people to not be too reactionary if it comes if it comes against the Penguins at some point. Because even if they are down 2-0, I think this team has the fortitude and the willpower and the skill to bring dig them dig themselves back even out the series and keep on fighting. And with the way that the schedule was this year, I think this really kind of bodes mm. in their favor where you have, I mean, they told us all season long, they felt like it was playoff series when you're playing two, three games against a team. And this is a Penguins team that has not, at this point in the season, has not lost more than two games in a row. So really, if things spiral a little bit, they know how to maintain it, they know how to hold it, and they know how to get back on track. Well, we have some stuff to find out about what's going on at DKPittsburghSports.com coming up after the break. And welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. Chris, I know it is an insanely busy time for you guys over there at DKPittsburghSports.com. We got everything going. We got the draft. We got baseball. The Pirates are getting hot. We got the Penguins getting ready for the playoffs. Tell me what's going on because I know that there's a lot happening. Well, there definitely is. The Pirates are, are getting great coverage right now from Alex and Gerard, our beat guys. They're just banging it out every single day. The Penguins, they're, you, you get you guys know be ready. But with the NFL draft, what I can promise you guys, there will be a live file that you can comment on with me and Dale Lolly all throughout Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Get your opinions in. Get our opinions. Get our feeds. We'll have articles on these guys immediately. My film analysis, all those things are up. And if you want something right now before the draft, Dale Wally and I have done dueling mocks where I picked the entire first round and so did he as far as how we see it play out as well as what our final mock drafts for the Steelers will be. You can read those and my top 24 picks as a big board if you want to sit with that on, on, on Thursday night and say, okay, who are the players that Chris ranks here and who could fall to the Steelers? What's going to happen? Those are the, all the things you can get to DKPittsburghSports.com. Subscribe right now to get all that great content. It is amazing. An absolute wealth of knowledge. We are so lucky to be partnered with you guys because that has helped me so much as I've been doing all this draft prep, getting ready for all to come. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Halftime Adjustments. Have a great night, everybody, and happy draft week.